there, and welcome to episode 12 of the Nova Scotia Kitchen's podcast, Katie's Apple Dumplings. I'm Sherry Graham. On today's show, I visit with my friend Katie in her bright and modern, brand new and lovely kitchen. Katie is originally from Newfoundland and has made her home here in Nova Scotia. We met several years ago when Katie introduced herself as being a reader of my old blog at a coffee shop in Yarmouth, and we've shared good food on many occasions since. Katie's sharing her Nan's recipe for apple dumplings today. It's a simple dessert that is perfect for using up those lingering three or four apples that I know you have sitting on your counter right now. It is so simple and so delicious. So enjoy, and welcome to Katie's Kitchen. So when I got married, it was in 2007, and uh, I, I don't know if it was like a thing but or that my mom read in a magazine or something, but... She kind of sent out letters to all kinds of family and friends, unbeknownst to me. And the letter basically said that she was looking to compile a, a book of, I guess, recipes that, you know, were special to yeah. me, what they thought were special to me, or, um, you know, kind of like the traditional <laughs> patriarchal, <laughs> set, your, set your future wife up with. <laughs> with recipes to cook for your husband sort of thing but um lucky for them I didn't take it that way uh, but my I we actually had received quite a few back my mom had kind of put them all in one spot which is kind of neat and we actually got quite a lot of recipes from Andrew's mom um Andrew had a Welsh grandmother that um, did a lot of baking and her mother also um did a lot of baking as well just lots of really traditional type you know everyday meal type things yeah. that um, that they grew up with and my nan knew that I loved apple dumplings and it's really funny that she has a recipe written down from the book and it's in her handwriting and of course I'm thrilled to bits to have it yeah What's also extremely funny is that when I tried to do some reading online about the type of apple dumplings that she made, because there's different kinds, mm -hmm. um, I actually had found my aunt had submitted the recipe to uh, the St. John's paper in Newfoundland, and it was a completely different recipe <laughs> <laughs> that she had written down yeah. and submitted on behalf of my nan. Um, so it's really kind of funny that there's one version here in front of me and there's one version on the internet, um, on the Evening Telegrams website and they're, they are similar but um, there's definitely some differences in measurements and an extra ingredient or two on the one on the Evening Telegram, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, I actually just recently visited my Nan back in August and I said, Nan, I noticed that your apple dumpling recipe that's on the internet has an egg in it, and the one that I have doesn't. And she said, well, you know, your father's allergic to eggs. <laughs> so oh. I was like, oh, okay. So she had like thought about it, and she was like, I, I will 
omit the fact that there was an egg in my original because, you know, you can never serve your father apple dumplings with <laughs> eggs. So the one that I made most recently is kind of a, a mesh of the two and it worked out, it, they work out really well. It's, nice. I, I ended up listening to your, um, the Frang Frang yeah, um, episode, yeah. of course, with, with Vicky and talking about the blueberry, she called it fungi. 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 Yeah. And essentially, I think it's really funny that she was kind of like, well, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, <laughs> and you just put it in, and there you go. And I think that's kind of the way my nan probably would have done it. She doesn't follow recipes typically. Mm-hmm. Um, recipes are kind of for the, the folk that they can't cook, that can't cook <laughs> and don't know, you know how to make stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's, but this one's really special to me, and she even wrote on the bottom, good luck, Andrew and Katie, which is Aww. very sweet. <laughs> and it says, lovely. I used to make apple dumplings for the Bennett family, that's my maiden name, when Dad and I visited Pasadena. Hope they turn out okay. Love, Nanny Bennett. So, Aww. Yeah, very precious little piece of paper for me. So yeah, the, the recipe we're going to make today is a little bit of the mesh of the the two recipes that I found and I'm pretty sure that you know everything is so kind of loose yeah to really try and I I think especially with when I made it and realized that it was the topping is almost like a scone dough you know scone dough is going to depend on like the humidity in the air and you know that sort of thing as opposed to what is going to work out that day so it's a little bit delicious. Exactly. <laughs> and really, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Because it's pretty simple. So, so <clears throat> I would always have, have apple dumplings when I went to my nan's house. And in Newfoundland, you would always have Sunday dinner. Always, always, always. And in Newfoundland, Sunday dinner means you have it. You go to church. Yeah. In my nan's in Harbor, Maine, um, her, church, her Catholic church in Harbor, Maine, go to church. Sometimes it would, you know, be down around 11, 11.30. Um, you'd probably shoot the breeze a little bit yeah. with, you know, get the local Socialize gossip after. uh, afterwards. And then uh, you would go home and have Sunday dinner. So you would always have to have, you know, a turkey or something in the oven when you went to go to church. Right. So that, right. Is, that is how you made sure that that was done. So you come home and you'd have your, your usually something similar to like a turkey dinner. You'd have Jake's dinner with cabbage and boiled dinner, of course they call it in in Nova Scotia, but in, in Newfoundland you call it Jake's dinner. Your salt. That's your corned beef. Yeah, your salt. Yeah. They call it salt beef. That was one of my fa- we had that on Sunday a lot too. And that yeah. was one of my favorite meals. I would put like way too much butter on my cabbage. Mom would quarter yes, the cabbage and. Then, <laughs> so good. You'd always have that, and then you'd always have dessert afterwards. So I, it's funny when I was in Newfoundland, I was talking to my aunt about it. Um, I don't say aunt, I say aunt, aunt. because my aunt <laughs> Helen, my aunt Helen is um, the you would say you wouldn't say aunt in Newfoundland, you say aunt. <laughs> and she says that my grandfather would come home from church, and you would have dinner at one o'clock. You'd have to have dinner at one. And so you would sit down, have your dinner, and then afterwards we always have dessert. Um, and you know, it could have been a pie, it could have been just ice cream. It didn't, as long as there was something. Something sweet. Um, 
and apple dumplings are so easy you know you just work with what you have yeah and so you would have apples um and you know pretty much the dumplings are you know a, a mixture of flour and uh, butter um, cinnamon some sugar baking powder and depending on you know where you who you talk to you, you might use baking soda instead of baking powder if that's what you had um, and kind of back to the traditional type scone there's milk or um, buttermilk yeah use but I don't find buttermilk was a common ingredient you would really have around a lot in Newfoundland so it would have been milk sometimes canned milk I was definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the canned milk yes definitely canned milk and in fact that's the transition that I haven't been able to make when I moved from Newfoundland to um, Nova Scotia. Everybody in Nova Scotia takes their tea with fresh milk. Yeah. And I always have, when I go to my hands, it has to be in a china cup because <laughs> that's what company drink out of. It has to be in a, a china cup and you have to have canned milk in your tea. She drinks only Red Rose. Um, and Newfoundlanders often drink... <laughs> Their tea with sugar, so there's got to be some sugar in it as well. <laughs> so I won't judge you for it. <laughs> I don't know. And it's funny because a lot of people do. That's so funny. Yeah. You can have your tea however you like it. So I've got some apple. They're honey crisp. They are from gorgeous. They're from Evelyn. The, uh, the at the market. Yes. Absolutely. So we picked those up this morning. And. I don't know if I've ever done any baking with Honeycrisp. I love them so much just eaten out of hand. I don't know if I've ever... It's really interesting. So if you go on the internet, you can find out all kinds of information, of course, you know, about apples. And I find different, different people have different traditional type of apples that they always cook with. So my mother-in-law, she grew up in the valley, um, the canning. Yeah. They actually had an orchard or a oh, farm wow. um, in canning. Yeah, yeah. And so she always remembers, and she still does, she has to uh, bake with Gravensteins. That is yeah. <laughs> a non-negotiable Gravensteins. Um, and my understanding about Gravensteins, and we don't really eat them a lot, is that they're a little bit soft, and so mm. they, they take to baking well. Yeah. Um, and where in Newfoundland, where I grew up, funny enough, um, my parents would often, I don't know who they purchased it from, but they would always get a large box of apples in the fall from Nova Scotia, okay. and they were always Cortland's. Ah, yum. So Cortland's was always what we had. Yep. My dad still lives in the house that we grew up in, and he, um, he has what we called a root cellar, but yep. it was like a cold room essentially. Yep. And he he still has his own garden, so we'd put we'd have bins and there'd be bins of potatoes, um, uh, big buckets like beef buckets of carrots and sawdust. Yep. And then there would always be this big bin of Cortland apples. So that's what we'd often use to bake with. I really like eating Cortlands. Yeah. I like them um, when they're nice and fresh, like yeah. the nice early ones. Oh, they're good. I, and I probably, if I hadn't discovered Honeycrisp, I'd probably go back to Cortland's. Yeah. Um, but I really love Honeycrisp. And so, they're so good. <laughs> yeah, and I know they're so expensive, but honestly, like, I'm more than happy to spend money on apples, especially, like, 
the ones at the market. They're just so good. Yeah. So they're um, incredibly delicious. And if anybody listening has never had a honey crisp apple, I am telling you now that you have to experience that before <laughs> before another day goes by. So the recipe itself calls for three to four apples. Um, you know, but I think it would really depend on the size. The Honeycrisps have a tendency to be large. We did get a few yeah. smaller ones from, from Evelyn, but... Yes, Evelyn is of Riverview Produce Farms. They have a stand on Stars Road, kind of behind the Red Knight, if you're in or around Yarmouth, where they sell their vegetables and fruit. And they sell some from the Valley, too, and a few other things from local bakeries and that sort of thing. And they're at the Yarmouth Farmer's Market every Saturday morning. And those are some perfect looking apples. Mm-hmm. So you just, you have to peel the apple, of course, um, which is the other day when I made these, like, isn't that the best? Like when your mom would make apple pie or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> always eat the... The peel. Yep. <laughs> the peel. So whenever I bake with honey crisp, because I'll make pies with honey crisp. I find that because it is such a hard apple, yep. you really do have to slice it fairly small. I like honey crisp because they're just nice and tart. Yeah. I like my fruit and my berries like a little bit tart. I agree. And then what you do is just grab I don't know, a medium, a medium pot. Yeah. And you have to kind of take that thinly sliced apple and just put it in the bottom. My mom's friend Shirley would make blueberry fungi or grunt or mm -hmm. I can't remember which kind of version, grunt, but I don't yeah. remember. That's what's unusual to me about this is I don't remember ever having it made with apples, but it's such a, um, it just makes sense. Like, well, of course you can use apples and they're delicious. So you get the pot about half full. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. I eat these. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. Thank you. Help yourself. Mm. So, the recipe that I have asks for about a half a cup of water. And I think it's mostly just because. So it doesn't stick to you the bottom. Yeah, you just need a little bit to get it going. And then, of course, the apples will release its own. Yeah. Its own juice. So, about a teaspoon of. Of cinnamon but I mean it's probably like my husband Andrew could eat so much cinnamon that it gets you know bitter overpowering yeah, yeah. Um, so depending on how much you liked it you know teaspoon half teaspoon three quarters whatever so we just built our house just we moved in in March and one of the things I've had to get used to is we ended up going with um, a protein-based stove. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I, you know what? I didn't believe it when people said, "Oh, it cooks hotter." But yeah, it really does. Um, so I, I would suggest, you know, not turning it at probably like a medium heat. For me, I'm just gonna go. Just keep an eye on it because it's pretty. You know, if they burn, yeah, <laughs> start again. <laughs> yeah. So you cook down the apples 
partially or like the whole way first before you add in the you you want to similar to um, the blueberry yeah so you want when the blueberry breaks you would add it okay um, for us for the apple you would want just the the water to kind of be starting to cook out of the apples almost like okay a, a boil yeah okay um and it kind of matches up with how long it might take together to get your dry ingredients together right. so I'm sure that's no coincidence <laughs> no I'm more than certain but specifically I chose this recipe this year was because my nan is actually turning 95 next month wow November November well and happy birthday nan <laughs> what do you get a 95 year old for their birthday <laughs> other than just sing their praises because because they're awesome. they're just delightful <laughs> and you know, they, she has a whole, like, she's very stubborn. Um, when we went in August, she still has to cook Sunday dinner. Yep. She's 95. She's got osteoporosis, so she's little. Yep. But it's very important that she still abides by all the things that she's always done. So that usually means baking and cooking for her family. Um, so I've got about a cup and a half of flour and, oh my goodness, I totally <laughs> forgot. You have to add sugar to the apples. There, now it's more like a sherry episode. <laughs> Jeez, how could I forget that? I should no problem. At least you realized before tasting it. Yeah, how <laughs> oh, crazy is that? So it's about a quarter cup of sugar, just white sugar. I'm sure that if brown sugar was only um, the only thing that you had on hand, that would be fine too. I think every episode there's been something like that where it's been, oh yeah, well we just had this, so this is what we use, or this is how we do it, or exactly like perfect. I love it. It's real life. <laughs> so your dry ingredients are about a cup and a half of flour. You've got. I've seen some recipes with one teaspoon of baking powder and then there's some with two tables or sorry two teaspoons of baking powder. Mm -hmm. I find baking powder really like tricky like it, it can get really nasty tasting if you put too much. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with the one. So a teaspoon of baking powder and that's plenty of dry ingredients and just like a pinch of salt and then. Oh it's starting to smell good. Yeah. Yeah. You can smell that. The cinnamon of course. So you have one egg, and then about a half a cup. I have two percent milk, but again, whatever you got is fine. And just like a teaspoon of vanilla. I forgot to add the vanilla the other day, and it was still awesome. So, and then you just take, you have your wet ingredients, and then you have to unearth a half a cup of butter, unsalted butter. I am very sticky on the butter thing. <laughs> it cannot be margarine. It's the one thing that... I'm with you, 100%. <laughs> I mean, sure, if you only had margarine, I'm sure you could make it work, but it's not gonna taste as good. You know, they say cut in, but and a lot of people use like two knives. Yes. One of my favorite people to watch baking is Anna Olson. Yes. And there are definitely times where she uses her hands. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, supposedly the butter's supposed to be cold, blah, blah, blah. 
and that's what cre creates like a fluffy, if you're quick, scone. But if you're quick, I find it works. Yeah, very and well. for me, it's a lot easier than having to like wash a bunch of stuff. <laughs> just wash your hands. Yeah, yeah. anyways. So you just kind of pinch it, and um, it's, it's kind of like a, a bit of a crumbly texture. And I'm more than certain my man would have done this by hand. I don't think I had even heard of like a pastry blender or anything like that until I grew up. That's one <laughs> thing my mom always had. She yeah. didn't have like many specialty gadgets or anything mm -hmm. like that, but there's always pastry blender. She just went to make a pie crust. Yeah, 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 my mom never would have. Never, never, never. It's all delicious. <laughs> so then you just add your kind of wet ingredients to this butter and flour mixture. And the important part with this, and I just get a spatula. The important part here is not to over mix. Like, I find that we really to mix things evenly, but you actually want it to be a little bit lumpy, a little bit uneven. If you mix it, if you mix it too much, the it'll get tough and you'll get chewy dumplings, which is nobody wants a chewy dumpling. It's not <laughs> ideal. So it's a it's a little bit lumpy, a little bit wet. And it's funny because in Newfoundland, in Newfoundland, you would not, you would also have savory dumplings as well. I don't know oh. if you would ever. The sugar in this one is all in the, in the, apple. in the apples. So the dumpling itself is pretty biscuity, like it tastes mm -hmm. very much like a biscuit. Yep. And so what you'll often, is people will make stew and then put these type of dumplings on top of a stew at the end and just steam them. They call them dough boys. Mm -hmm. I always hated them because <laughs> in my head you only had you only had dumplings on sweet things. Mm -hmm. My mom, you were talking about you call it jigs dinner, yeah, and we call it yeah. boiled dinner. See, with really corned beef. And my mom would put dumplings in that. Did you have dumplings in that? No, never. Oh, and we always did. And it was very similar to that. Like, And they were just plunked on top, so that was our savory Yeah. dumpling. Yeah. Interesting. So you just take, like, kind of spoonfuls. Again, you don't you don't fuss around too much with them. They're kind of ugly looking. Um, and the apples are kind of just on a gentle boil. And they probably release some of their water and stuff now. You can see it kind of floating around. So you're just kind of covering like the whole top yeah. and just smushing all You're just kind of arranging it to make sure that they kind of take advantage of the, the steam that... And again, it's not that pretty looking, but... <laughs> <laughs> tasty. And then... And this is quick, like this is not... No, it doesn't take long at all. And then you just put the top back on the apples and then I'm gonna set a timer <laughs> for like ten minutes and just check on you still have dough all over your I'm gonna I eat love this. It. <laughs> I'm gonna eat this dough too. I am not washing this off. This is, that's a travesty. 
What are some of your favorite things about your kitchen? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many. So, I've been designing this kitchen in my head for two years. Um, I'm a bit of a, I would never say that I'm a, a good designer, but I like design. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I really wanted to make sure that when we were cooking, we could have easy access to as much as we possibly could. Mm -hmm. So we tried to make sure that we had kind of all our utensils in one area. So when we designed our kitchen, we were like, we're doing an Ikea kitchen. And what I love about the Ikea kitchen is that, and this is not sponsored by any stretch. <laughs> I wish it was sponsored. Anything. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to sponsor me, by all means. <laughs> um, what I loved is that they sell everything. So you could buy, mm -hmm. you could buy all of your cabinets and your drawers and that sort of thing. But then they actually sell organizers that fit perfectly into the, mm -hmm. to the drawers. So your organization systems for like your knives versus your, um, you know, big things like uh, tongs and stuff yeah. like that you could have, like separate organization systems. I really wanted to make sure like our microwave was hidden, mm -hmm. our, I drink coffee and uh, I have my own coffee grinder and kettle and I wanted to make sure that that was hidden because it gets nasty and dirty <laughs> and um, so we have an appliance garage which is one of my other favorite things about the kitchen. We have all of that tucked away in a cupboard and I can just shut it and not worry about the mess that mm -hmm. <laughs> accumulates there. <laughs> and then my other favorite thing that we spent a lot of time discussing was the island. And then I like to have friends over and do potlucks mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I wanted to make sure we had lots of space for um, friends to put their stuff when they came over. I wanted a bit of an overhang so Emma could help us with cooking and baking or mm -hmm. she could do be there drawing. Um, so that's my other really favorite thing about the kitchen was the island. I'm just going to give it a check. Sure. And how long was that? That was, was 10 minutes. Okay. And you can see it's kind of bubbled up and fluffed oh, yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. It probably needs a few more minutes so I'm going to put it on for another five. Cool. So right now you can still see that the dumpling is still a little bit too soft. I'm just going to check the middle. Because it's not supposed to be pretty. Oh yeah. Because it's not supposed to be. You can kind of get in there and kind of pull it apart and see. But you can kind of see in the middle it's kind of dry. Yep. Um, all the dough is cooked. Yes, you wouldn't want it undercooked. No. That would be gross. <laughs> it would be a little bit lumpy. And oh, that's great. In, if you were really sophisticated, you'd probably do like whipped cream. But the, the thing that I don't love, like whipped cream on this, is that it's meant to be served warm. So, so it, just it just melts. Yeah. Um, we, we've always eaten it with ice cream. And it's funny because when we would eat it with ice cream, it could be whatever ice cream my nan had. At the Doesn't time. matter. <laughs> so it could be like grape nut ice cream, but. Oh, we had grape nuts so often uh, when I was a kid. Yep. Or I'm like. Fan of the grape nut. <laughs> yeah, or just like butterscotch ripple yeah, or yeah. something like which, that. Which with the apple. Which actually, yeah, would probably. That work. would probably be pretty good. 
But good old vanilla is probably yeah. the best. Yeah. We have to make tea. It would be a disservice to my nan to not have tea with us. With canned milk and sugar? Well, I will, but you shall have oh, whatever I feel you prefer. I will have it your way, because I usually have my fresh milk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm committed to the cause. Um, I don't think I've ever had sugar in my tea, ever. And so I am excited to try it. Well, you can make me your tea. Make it as if you're making it for yourself. All right. And I will. Will it cool enjoy for a minute? My mom is from Labrador, and she actually, uh, they, when I would go visit my cousins in Labrador, we would always have shelf stable milk. Oh, okay. Like the ultra pasteurized? Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. Like, because fresh milk was just beyond, yeah. it was too expensive. So yeah. you'd either have shelf stable milk or um, powdered milk. Um, and I wish I knew why. I suspect it was something to do with cost and accessibility yeah. and yeah. transport and. Um, but yeah, the shelf stable milk. Ooh. <laughs> I've never tried it, but in all of because I do lots of you know fermenting and preserving and all these sorts of things, and for yogurt making, um, it always says not to use ultra pasteurized milk, which I've never seen here. I've never even heard of it till I started reading about it recipes. And how long did that stay on the stove for? I wasn't paying attention at all to the time ish. So. Just about 15 minutes for the steaming of the dumplings, and then probably, I don't think it would have been any more than 10, 15 minutes to for the assemble the dry ingredients. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, while, while the, apples the apples are going. Yeah. The show, so. <laughs> and we're talking to you, and it's hard to keep track of where you so were. So no yeah. probably like yeah. in the grand scheme of things, the fastest 25-minute fall dessert, <laughs> any time dessert, really. Love it. And... And if you have something baking, like if you have your supper baking in the oven or whatever, you can just whip this out. It was a stove it top. Yeah. yeah. It's actually, you want the tea to be really strong. <laughs> I noticed it was strong. Out. I was like, whoa, that's way stronger than yeah. I would make it. And maybe that's why you need the sugar. To offset the kind of So I will, I will do it to my... Yep, do it just exactly And what you then I'll make you. you drink. And then you'll be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I just leave a bag in for maybe count to ten, and then. <laughs> My mom texted me. She's like, Aww. "You're gonna be on Nova Scotia's kitchen." Oh, <laughs> tell her hi. <laughs> I love everybody's mom. This tastes like my nan's. Oh yay! Oh, might it's be a, so good, Katie. It might be a strange texture. Nope, it's perfect. But <laughs> that's really good. It's very, like the apple is a little bit sour, which that's I love. That's what I love. Yeah. Sour. Oh, that's really good. And I mean, it's like so many other recipes. You could come up with whatever variations. If you had plums to use, if you had pears, if you had... I can definitely see... Fruit, you can yeah, for sure. I can definitely see using pears. That's, oh, this is so good. I'm, I probably gave you a little bit of an oversized bowl there. So That's not a problem. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> and the texture is just right. Like it's soft but not squishy. Like it's still got, you know. Yeah, for sure. And some texture to it. Yeah. Really good. Well, thank you so much. I am just. I'm so happy you came. Pink. Oh my goodness. I think I I'm the one who's 
winning here. <laughs> Thanks so much to Katie for welcoming me into her kitchen and for sharing this delicious recipe of her nans with us. I turned off the recorder before tasting the Newfoundland tea that Katie made for me with sugar and canned milk, and I will just say that I think I'll stick to my usual 10 seconds of the bag in and a splash of fresh milk. Katie did have a really good laugh at my reaction, though. I'm really sorry I didn't get that recorded. You can find Katie's blog at mainlandhome.ca. There are printable recipes, links to the things we mentioned, and pictures of Katie's lovely kitchen from our visit at novascotiakitchens.com. Thanks to Julian Smith for the music, and to Adam Graham for technical help, and for generally being awesome. And of course, thanks to you for listening. You can connect with me at the Nova Scotia Kitchens page on Facebook, or email novascotiakitchens at gmail.com, and we're also on Instagram at Nova Scotia Kitchens. Until next time! Mm-hmm. <laughs>